to verse 5 is where we will begin this morning. We are continuing on with this main theme that we have seen in chapter 1 and into chapter 2, and that is that Jesus is better than the angels. And so we are kind of continuing on with some of the same things that we have talked about. Last week we talked about the danger of drifting. The author of Hebrews pointed out, look, if you want to listen to the message of angels, when the angels gave the law, and you know that through the law there were consequences, Jesus has come and he has spoken of things better than that of the angels. And so through what Jesus has spoken, there are even greater consequences. So he says, do not drift away from what you have heard. Do not drift away from the gospel of Jesus Christ because it, you're in great danger if you reject such a great salvation. And that's what we talked about last week. So we're continuing on with that today. Let's read through the text, then we'll pray and get started. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. For he has not subjected to angels the world to come that we are talking about, but one has somewhere testified. What is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him, but we do see Jesus, made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace, he might taste death for everyone, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering and death. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I pray that your word would speak to us, dear Lord. There is nothing greater we can see than your word and what it, what it teaches to us, that it teaches us of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would not miss that today. Dear Lord, I don't know what everybody came in here with, but it's certain, dear Lord, we came in here with something going on in our life. Maybe a struggle, maybe a sin that we're up against, maybe just life has been tough. God, maybe there are some that came in here today and, and life is good, dear Lord. However we came into this building, I pray, dear Lord, that we get something from your word. I pray that you'd keep us free from distractions. God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that I would preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. Dear Lord, we need you today. There is no good word that can come from my mouth, God, if it does not come from you. So God, I pray that you would help me to speak what you want me to speak and help each of us to hear what your word says, that it may work in our lives. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 5, For he has not subjected to angels the world to come, things that we are talking about, but one has somewhere testified, what is man that you remember him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. So here we are with this same theme that Jesus is better than the angels. And, and, and he's pointing out something, something a little unique about Jesus, something a little unique about humanity. Now, God created all things. God created angels, and angels are, 
are, are quite amazing. Angels are there with God and serve alongside God, and certainly they have powers that God have, has allowed them to use that we see throughout Scripture, that sometimes God sends angels to people or sends, sends angels to bring destruction on people. And so angels are quite unique in that they are with God, but yet they can also come and be here on earth. And so in some sense, the angels are higher than humanity. Now, God also created humanity. But in some sense, we are lower than the angels. We are here on earth. We don't really possess the ability to do these special powers, or, or typically we don't see humans do these amazing things that, that angels did in the Scripture. And so as the psalm says that is quoted here, Psalm 8 it talks about that God has made man, that God has made the Son of Man lower than the angels, but only for a short time. Now, even though the angels are unique in some ways and the powers that they possess and, and the things that they can do and that they are there in the presence of God, humanity is also unique as well. And that God seems to love and care for humanity in a different way than that of the angels. Now, humanity sins. You and I sin in great ways. We do all kinds of sinful things, things that quite frankly are unlovable. And yet God, for whatever reason, he took the time and the care, and, and, and in all his power, he thought enough about humanity that he said, I'm going to make a creation. I'm going to speak a world into existence. I'm going to make man in my image, and even though they are horrible, sinful people, I'm going to continue to love them, and I'm going to offer forgiveness for their sins. Now, that is quite unique. That is unlike the angels because the Bible says that there are angels that sin, but even the angels are not forgiven of their sins. But you and I can be forgiven of our sins through Jesus Christ. Now, when the angels, when we see angels in the Old Testament, angels are pretty powerful beings. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah perhaps being one story where God sends those angels into the town and brings destruction on the town. We talked about last week that angels were present at the giving of the law. And if you remember Mount Sinai, you remember all the gnarly stuff that was going on on the mountain and the people were scared to go up there and they said, hey Moses, you go on up there and talk to God for us. We don't want to go up there. And it says that angels were, were present there in the giving of the law. And so the people of God were familiar with angels and the great presence of angels. And perhaps there were some, and no doubt there were, that they were looking for this Messiah who was prophesied about who was going to come, and they assumed that he was going to be greater than any who had come before him. And in fact, Jesus is greater than any who has come before him or have come after him. But, but not in the way that people may have been looking for. Now, the Jewish people had, had known the power of God and they would follow God for a while and they'd disobey God for a while. And, and, and many times in the Old Testament, we see that God allows the enemies of his people to overtake them and then they call out to him and he's gracious and he delivers them. And God is so good in that way. And for some, they were probably looking for a Messiah who was going to come that would put an end to all that. Because after all, the Messiah that was going to come, he was going to be the king that was going to sit on the throne, and he was going to rule with an iron scepter. And so they were probably expecting 
that when the Messiah comes, that he was going to be like earthly kings, except much more powerful. He's going to establish this throne in Jerusalem. He's going to sit on this throne, and he's going to empower his people, and he's just going to crush all the enemies of the Jews. After all, when you look at the powerful ways that God acted in the Old Testament and how he used angels in the Old Testament, surely the one who was to come was going to certainly surpass those who had come before. But yet when Jesus come on to the scene... Here we see that Jesus was made lower than the angels. Now, I don't know if when this passage from Psalm 8 that was quoted, when it was penned by David, if he knew he was speaking of the Messiah to come or if he was just simply speaking of humanity in general, made lower than the angels for a short time. But certainly the author of Hebrews says this applies to Jesus. And maybe this is why some rejected Jesus. Maybe that's why they were beginning to turn from Jesus. They heard Jesus, and they maybe some of them had seen what Jesus had done, and they knew about the work of Jesus. And, and now that the persecution and the hard times and the difficulty had come, they said, well, you know, maybe this Jesus wasn't so special. Maybe we need to go back to the, to the way we know. We know the power in that way. But the author of Hebrews says, hold up. Don't give up on Jesus simply because he doesn't look like you think he should look. Just because he didn't come and he didn't rule sternly and he didn't just crush Rome and all the other enemies of the day, just because Jesus didn't do that, understand why Jesus was who he was and why he did the things that he did the way that he did them. So he says, he quotes Psalm 8 here, and he says, And he was made lower than the angels for a short time. And that's what we see here in the first few verses that we looked at. You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. So for a short time, Jesus came. The Son of God, who is seated with God in heaven, left his heavenly abode, and he came to this place. He came to this place with all the junk and the evil and the sin and the murder and the lying and all the junk that me and you see all the time. Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven and he came to be here. He came from a high place and he came and he took the form of a human and he gave up his power and he said, I'm going to live like a human. Now, certainly Jesus didn't give up all of his power. He, he certainly could have done anything that he wanted to do and he did great powerful things but he certainly restrained himself he came and he lived like you and i and he suffered like you and i and he went through all the same things that you and i go through and he suffered all the same pains that you and i suffer and that is significant so here is jesus the son of god and for a short time he was made lower than the angels so that ultimately he was going to be crowned with glory and all things, it says, are subjected to him. Everything is under his feet. His enemies are his footstool. Jesus is over all things. He has conquered all things. Except we look around the world and we say, wait a minute. If Jesus has conquered all things, then why in the world is there still evil going on? Why in the world is there still sin going on? I thought Jesus freed us from this. I thought Jesus was the answer. I thought Jesus was king of everything, yet there's still bad going on. Does that mean Jesus is not good enough to, to overcome these things? That maybe he really hasn't. 
And maybe that was the very question that this audience was asking. Perhaps they knew of these verses and the teachings of Jesus and the things that were being talked about and, and the fact that, that all things were subjected to Jesus and Jesus was over all things, yet Jesus has died and put in the grave and, and he's been resurrected and now all these years later, things are just like they were. Things are difficult. There's persecution for God's people and maybe they begin to question, well, maybe, maybe this Jesus that we have, been, we have been focused on, maybe he's not over all things. And that's the danger. That's the danger in the book of Hebrews. The people had begun to look at what was around them and they had begun to question the power of Jesus and they had begun to turn back to what was comfortable to them and they were in danger. They were drifting away from their Savior. And that's why he says here in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 2, he says, you better pay more attention to the gospel of Jesus Christ that you do not drift away from that because there's nothing else that's going to save you if you do not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and live for him. And so when Jesus came, he didn't look like what people expected. He didn't rule with an iron fist. He was quite humble. He went around doing the work of God. And then of all things, he was nailed to a cross and he was laid in a tomb. And then after all this was said and done, even after his resurrection, as much as the gospel was spreading and good things were being done, there were still the hardships of living for God and doing the things that God had called them to and following Jesus Christ, even though all things were subjected to him. That's what we see in the next verse. And, and subjected everything under his feet. For in subjection everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him. Now, the author of Hebrews here makes a good point. Everything is subjected to Jesus. He has won the war. All things that needed to be accomplished have been accomplished through Jesus and his work on the cross and his resurrected and resurrection. And even though all things have been subjected to Jesus Christ, we do not yet see all things subjected to Jesus Christ. Now one day, praise the Lord, what's going to happen is God is going to make all things new. The old will pass away and the new will come and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And I don't know how that's going to take place or what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be good. In those days, all will be subjected to him. Everything would have been subjected to him. You and I are subjected to him. The creation of the world is subjected to him. But we don't see that today. We still see even some of God's people sometimes sinning and not walking in obedience to him. Even as we look into the nature, there's chaos, there's hurricanes, there's earthquake. Even the nature around us groans. There are people in this world that hate God. There's war, there's evil things, there's all this bad stuff that takes place. And so even though Jesus has won the war, there are still some battles that are ongoing. Even though all things have been subjected to Jesus Christ... We don't necessarily see that when we look around us today. Now, if you go back and study wars throughout the centuries, you will see that on occasion there were occasions that wars were won and the war was over, but there were certain groups of soldiers or certain groups of people that may have not gotten word that, that they didn't know. And so they continued to fight those battles until finally the word spread and it was clear to everybody that the war was over. 
Now, for us today, we can look at the Word of God, and we can believe the Word of God, and we can know that Jesus has won the war, but we are still in a time that we're still battling all the sin and the stresses and the worries and going through all the junk of the world. And why in the world is that? Why is that? If Jesus has, has conquered all things, then why do we still have to suffer today? Well, I think it comes down to the fact that God loves humanity, that uniqueness that's different about us than the angels. Even though we are lower than the angels, in some sense, we are greater than the angels ultimately, and that God loves us in a unique way, and God wants us to be with him for all of eternity. Now, God certainly could have sent Jesus Christ at any point in history, and even after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, that had to occur. There had to be payment for sins, and after that occurred, God could have at any time he had chosen said, all right, this is it. After Jesus was resurrected, God could have said, all right, establish the kingdom, my son, my good and faithful servant. It is yours. Jesus could have established the kingdom right then and right there for all those who had put their faith and trust in him. Yet God chose not to do it that way. And why in the world is God waiting? Well, the only answer that I can come up with is that God is love. And as love, God wants to love as many people as he can, and he wants to bring as many people into the kingdom of God as he can. And therefore, as things continue to drag on for thousands and thousands and maybe even more thousands of years past us, I believe it is because God is still building his kingdom. He's still bringing people into his kingdom. He still wants to take those of us who are made lower than angels that we follow Jesus Christ who was made lower than angels, but that he was lifted up and seated at the right hand of God at a place far higher than the angels so that when that day comes, if we put our faith and trust in him, we will be lifted up and made higher than the angels. I believe that God is patient. God does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance as the scripture tells us. And so God has lingered on. He's allowed this world to linger on. We see all the things in this world and they are bad and we, we look at the words of Scripture and we need to be reminded of these words. I think that's what the author of Hebrews is doing for his audience. He's reminding them, don't pay attention to just what you see. You have to look past what you see. You have to look to something greater. Now maybe we come into this room today and we have all seen a lot of stuff in the last week, in the last month, in the last year. I don't know what everybody's seen. I don't know what you're going through. But you look out in your world, and what do you see? You see you see death. You see pain. You see sickness. You see struggles at your job. You see troubles at school. You see troubles in your family. Like we look around, and these are the things that we see. We wake up every day, and perhaps the first thing you think is all the things in your life that are falling apart, that are struggling, and how are you going to make it through another? Other day and these are the things that we see and they can become overwhelming to us they can become overwhelming my health is declining I'm not getting better my family's falling apart I don't know what to do I don't have money to pay my bills where is it going to come from things at church aren't going good whatever it may be praise the Lord things here are going good but but whatever it may be in our life we look every day and there are things around us that are so overwhelming and we say is there any hope and I think the author of Hebrews here is telling his audience and us today yes there is hope 
Don't look to what you see, but look past what you see. What we don't see today is that all things are, 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 have been conquered by Jesus. We don't, we don't see that lived out. They have been conquered by Jesus, but we don't see that in its fullness yet. Now, one day we will see that in its fullness. One day Jesus will make all things new, and we will see Jesus over all things. But even though he is, we don't see it necessarily today. And so sometimes we need to be reminded to look past the things we see. So what does he say here? As it is, we do not see everything subjected to him, but we do see Jesus. But we do see Jesus. We don't see that everything has been subjected to him yet, but what we do see time and time again is Jesus Christ in the words of Scripture. But we do see Jesus, and that's who we need to look to. We need to look to Jesus and the work of Jesus because that's where our hope is going to come from. We need to look to the teachings of Jesus, the prophecies about Jesus. We need to be reminded that everything that was said about Jesus and done by Jesus is right and it's good, and that's what's going to ultimately bring our deliverance. So today we look around, we don't see all things subjected to him in the way that they will be, but we do see Jesus. And what do we see when we see Jesus? But we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time. Made lower than the angels for a short time. He left his home in glory. He left his place with God. And he came to be with us in this rotten old world to suffer some of the same things that we suffer. He was made lower than the angels for a little while. These people were struggling with worshiping angels or listening to, to bad messages from angels. And he says, wait a minute. Don't turn to angels. Look at Jesus. I'm telling you, it may look like he's lower than the angels. And he is for a little while. But the author of Hebrews... Hebrews says, but it was for good reason. Don't give up on Jesus because he didn't look the part that you thought he should look, but look to what Jesus did and see what Jesus has accomplished. But we do not see Jesus, excuse me, but we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone. This is the good news. This is the good news because if the angels come and they brought the law, then guess what that also brought with it? It brought with it death. With the law came death because the law came and says, here are the requirements that God calls you to. And they could not fulfill those requirements. And you and I cannot fulfill those requirements. So as powerful as the message of the angels may have been through the law, it could only bring death. And so he says, don't turn back to that. Don't turn back to that. Look at who Jesus is. Okay, he was made lower than the angels, but it was for a purpose. Because the message of the angels brought death, but Jesus Christ brought eternal life. So that by God's grace, he might taste death for everyone. So Jesus was made lower than the angels, so that God's grace may abound through you and I. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, I will come and freely give my life as a ransom for many so that their sins could be forgiven. That is the grace of God. And so the author of Hebrews says we do see Jesus. And what do we see in Jesus? We see the grace of God, that, that he might taste death for everyone. So when we look around this world and we say, man, this world is tough, this world is difficult, we need to look to Jesus. We need to see a Jesus who brought grace and deliverance that one day, 
When this old life is over, we will be with him for all of eternity. And in that day, we will see that all things are subjected to him. And we will see all things accomplished in the way that God has intended. But today we see Jesus and the work of Jesus on the cross. And the hope that comes through Jesus. That Jesus has tasted death for you and I. Because had it not been for Jesus, had it just been for the angels and the message of the angels, you and I would taste death and oh, what a bitter death it would be. It would be a death for all of eternity in which we would be separated from God. But praise the Lord, the author of Hebrews says, we do see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we see something better. We see the grace of God. And the grace of God is not something you and I deserve. That's why it's called grace. Now, we sit in this room today, and perhaps even now you go through your mind, and you can come up with a list of sins. Well, I did this, and I did that, and I did something else, and, and I don't deserve for God to forgive me. Well, you're right. Not a single one of us in here deserve for God to forgive us. We didn't deserve for Jesus to leave his place with God to come to this old world, but yet Jesus did it because he loves you. Maybe you need to know that today for the first time. Maybe you need to be reminded of that today, that Jesus loves you. You may have been living in sin. You may have been living in great sin. But I call you today with the very words of Jesus, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. I come to you today with the words from Hebrews saying, look, we see Jesus and we see the love of Jesus and we see the grace of God that Jesus said, I love you this much. How much? That I will come and I will taste death for you. I will die so that you can have life. That is love. That is grace. And that comes only through Jesus Christ. That's where our forgiveness will come from today. That is where our hope will come from. That is where our strength will come from. So whatever sin you may have committed, I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ is telling you to come to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Too many times we carry our sins around because we're too ashamed to go to God. Or we say, oh God, he, he doesn't love me anymore. He couldn't care for me. But I'm telling you, that's not true. He cared for you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to taste death for you. So I want to tell you today, don't, don't be overwhelmed by what you see before you in your life, what you saw this morning when you woke up, what you're going to see tomorrow when you wake up, but we need to look past that. We need to say everything in this world has been conquered by Jesus. We don't see it in its fullness yet, but there's a day coming that we will see it if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So let us look past the things of this world that we see that don't look as good as we think they should look. And let us remember that even though things in this world may not have the appearance of being conquered, let us look to Jesus. Well, we don't see it all fulfilled yet today in the way that it one day will be, but we do see Jesus, the Son of God, who through the grace of God gave his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And he tasted death for you so that you can receive life. And I pray today that each one of us have put our faith in Jesus and have eternal life in him this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you, we thank you for your good words, and I pray that we don't ever fall into that trap of being tempted to go back to things that make us feel comfortable. I'm talking about worldly things, sinful things that are not good for us, things that cause us to drift away from you. But God, let us stand firm in your word and stand firm on Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we would be those today that, that would recognize just how much you love us, dear Lord. 
oh, as great as the angels are that we read of in Scripture. And, and even though we are made lower than those angels for a little while, God, we thank you for loving us in such a unique and special and powerful way that you would give your very son to die for us, dear Lord. You didn't do that for the angels, but you did it for each one in this room today, and I pray that they know it. I pray that each one of us would know what Jesus has done, that he has tasted death for us, dear Lord. So whatever we may see around us in this world today that doesn't, that doesn't look good, that looks difficult, that looks tough, dear Lord, let us look past that so that we can see Jesus today. God, we don't see everything completed in the way that you say it's one day going to be completed, but we do see Jesus. So let us hold on to what we see. Let us hold on to what we know. Let us hold on to the truth of your word and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, if there's one today that has not put their faith in Jesus, I pray that they would do so today. God, maybe there are some here today and they are yours and they just need to repent and come to you. I pray that they would do it. Dear Lord, if there are some that have made that decision today, I encourage them to come down and share that with us so we can baptize them as your word has commanded. God, I pray in this time that if, if there's any that need to hear from you and, and, and have already heard from you and need to make a decision for you, dear Lord, need to repent, whatever it may be, I pray in this time they would. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.